You're listening to the official podcast of Church Untitled, located in downtown Vancouver. We are a community set apart to bear His name, in our city, for His glory. We hope that you're blessed and enriched by this message. tie this into something that we've been chatting about for the last few weeks, the last few times I've preached with the exception of Easter and uh, when our guest Jonathan Hepner was in, we talked about what it means to be spirit-led, to actually follow Jesus in this day and age. It's interesting because we think spirit-led is something different than following Jesus, right? If you grew up in church, maybe in the 90s or early 2000s, you'd have known what it meant to be in a spirit-led church. There was something distinctive about it, right? There's like flags going off and maybe like a little prophecy going on and service would go for hours and hours and hours and you would, oh, that's a spirit-led church. But in reality, if you follow Jesus, it's synonymous with being spirit-led. Yeah. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I must go and it's going to be better, better for you, actually more beneficial for you that I leave because I'm going to send you the spirit. So if you want to follow me, follow the spirit. And so we've been journeying through the story of Joshua, Israel actually walking into the promise of God over their lives, the promise of God over their nation. And we talked about what it meant to follow the Spirit when the promise is right there. We can see everything that God's placed in our life and it's right there to grasp. And God says, wait, wait three days on this side of the river. And when my ark, when my presence moves, then you go, then you follow. Because if the presence takes you into the promise, the presence actually secures the promise. You don't have to grab hold of it and you don't have to maintain it. If you follow God into it, He takes care of all of it. And then we journeyed the next week across the Jordan River with Israel. And we found ourselves in this place called Gilgal. And God then tells them again to stop. God, we're like right here, we're moving, we're going, we're in the promise. And He says, stop. And we get this kind of awkward passage about circumcision. But circumcision represented something spiritual. It was actually physical to them, spiritual to us. Because Romans talks about the circumcision of the heart. And when God circumcises the heart, He actually makes that heart look like a child of God. So your heart, you now represent a child of God. God has fashioned your heart in a way that is a child of God. And he also says the reason why he's performing circumcision over Israel is because he's rolling back the reproach of Egypt. Meaning that the identity in which you claimed for your life before, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, whether things have been spoken over you high or low, he's saying, I'm pushing those things back and now I'm informing you about who you are in my name. You're my people. And the reason why he does that in our lives is because the promise of God over your life requires you to carry the identity of God over your life. If you don't have the identity that is placed on you, if you're not walking in that, the promise of God will actually crush you. And so he's saying, for your sake, I'm going to slow you down so that I can tell you who you are. And it's going to be a painful experience and a private experience. But it's going to be a deep experience that actually changes you at the core of who you are. And when you go through that pain, you're going to look back and say, it was incredibly worth it. It was so worth it that I went through there because God touched me at the place of my deepest pain and now I'm free from it. So that's our journey up to this point. And then we find ourselves at the end of Joshua chapter 5. And Joshua is standing over this city called Jericho, the first city that God calls, calls them to conquer. 
And, and historically, people might see this or they call this a holy war. And a holy war might like rattle some people in here because there's some pretty violent and dangerous things in this world going on in the name of a holy war. That we're picking up the cause of God. People are picking up the cause of God, whether it's the God we serve or Allah or someone else. They're saying in the name of God, we're doing these things. And they're tragic things, right? If we're watching on the news. But at the same time, I think on a micro level, we can pick up the cause of God in our lives. We can pick up the promise of God in our lives and move into those things without God. We can pick up the cause of Christ and Christ is nowhere to be found as we would look on the news and be like, that doesn't represent God at all. And so we have this story of Joshua moving into the promise of God and God has told him that he's gonna take this city. God has told him that he's going he's gonna to take this land. He just needs to push the inhabitants of the land out. And so he's standing over this city, Jericho. And you can imagine what's going on in him, right? The walls are tall, the Bible says. They're incredibly tall walls. It's a fortress. No one goes in and no one goes out. And he's looking at this thing and saying, how the heck am I going to conquer this thing? Right? If, I, if I throw a spear at it or an arrow at it or, or a big rock, nothing's going to happen. Have you ever been in that place before where you see or know that something is up ahead, but you're devastated because you don't know how to get there? You don't know how to move forward, but you try. You pick up a sword. And it's like taking a sword and banging it against the wall. Like, come down. Have you felt like this before? Yeah. Trying to take the promise of God into your own hands. And so we read this passage of scripture, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. This is Joshua staring out all over Jericho. He says, says this, we have it up here. Verse 13, it says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw, saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? And he says, Neither. Other translations, he responds and says, no. But as I'm here, he says, as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. And so I briefly want today to talk to you about this idea of posture over position. So I believe when Jesus tells us to look at these children and he says to us, come like them, I think he's talking about a posture within us that we need to approach him in. This man named Joshua sees this, this other man that we now know as an angel. In fact, theologians say that this is actually Jesus manifesting himself to Joshua as an army, as the commander of the Lord's army, because that's exactly what Joshua needed in that moment. Jesus showed up as he needed him. And so we, we have this confrontation and Joshua, because he's in a military place, he says, are you for me or are you against me? And God responds to him and says, no, neither. He says, this is not your battle or their battle. This is my battle. In other words, God is not fighting for you. He's fighting for your heart. He's fighting for your life. But he's not fighting your agenda. 
He's not this token that you place in your life and say, God, you're with me, right? If God is for me, who can be against me? We've heard those scriptures before, right? Yeah. And so if we were to ask God, are you for me or are you for that person down the street who just so happens to be another believer? That person you're fighting against, maybe it's your husband or your wife. Are you for me or are you for them? And God says, no, neither. I come here today as the commander of the Lord's army. What he's saying to us is this. He's saying, this is my fight. Are you for me? God's not here for your agenda. Are you here for his though? Joshua standing before this impossible feat. He's got anxiety and worry in him. God's given him the promise. And then Jesus shows up and says, I'm not here to help you. Are you here to fight with me? And I believe that the Lord is saying this over your life and over my life, that the promises that he has over your future are from him. And if someone gives you a promise, who's obligated to fulfill it? Not you. But so often we're taking up our swords, our fight, our energy, and we're claiming the promises of God with our strength. And we end up defeated. We end up broken. We end up depressed and in in despair because we're carrying a weight that we should not be carrying. And God would look to us and say, hey, this is my agenda. I care about your future more than you care about your future. And so when this man, Jesus, comes to Joshua and he says, neither, I'm not for you or against you. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. Joshua knows, oh yeah, I'm fighting God's fight. And what does he do? He gets on his knees and he bows down. Joshua was asking the Lord to take a position. God was asking Joshua to take a posture. And that posture was of worship. That posture was of reverence. That posture was of bowing down before the Lord because this is his fight and I need to do whatever I can to position myself to follow him. The moment that you decide to follow Jesus is the moment when he leads you low. If you want to follow him, that's the first place he's going to take you. He's going to take you low because that's where he went. Philippians chapter 2 says that he humbled himself, not counting equality with God, something to be grasped. He went low, wrapped himself in human flesh. Think about this. God of the universe walking with us. He humbled himself. He postured himself low. And from there, it says, because he did that, God exalted him to the place that is higher than anything in this universe and gave him a name above all names. The point of the matter is this. When you position your heart like a child, when you posture your heart like a child, God can take you into the position that he's promised you. We have to stop fighting our own battles with our own efforts saying this is the promise of God in my life and I'm going after it. We have to have the humility to say this promise cannot be accomplished unless I bow and follow God into it. It's his battle to fight. It's his effort to take forth. Come like a child. See, the battle for whatever lies in your future requires spiritual preparation more than it requires any other preparation. It's the Lord's battle. He wants his promises for you more than you want them for yourself. And guess what? He's going to fight for them. He's fighting for your purpose. He's fighting for your identity. He's fighting for your future. Follow him and you'll find all of those things. 
See, a child cannot follow themselves. They're completely dependent on their parents. They're completely dependent on the one who gives them food every single day. And I believe that's what Jesus is telling us today. If you want a future, if you want the hope that I have for you, become like a child, become dependent on me, get low, don't have things figured out for yourself and follow me into them because everything else will be tough for you. If my son wants to go, Levi, if he wants to go feed himself, good luck, little fella. You can't do it. You need me, bud. And if you choose to fight this fight on your own, I'm going to stand there and be like, why don't you just ask me and I'll do it for you? Because by the way, I want your tummy full. I want you fed. I want you to prosper. I want you to be great more than you know in this moment. All you can see is food. I can see your future. And this is what the Lord says to us. We need the right posture so God can lead us into position. Is God with you or are you with God? We need to change our stance. We need to change our posture. We need to change our understanding of what it means to be a Christian. It does not mean that God is supporting your life. God supports His purpose in your life. And when you choose His purpose, then that's when the fun begins. But if you want your purpose, your purpose is inferior to his. So then why would God trade his purpose for you for yours? That's a tough word, I know. But we have this idea in our Western world that it's God patting me on the back saying, go get him, son. You can do whatever you want. And I got you. To a certain degree, God does want to partner with us. But it's at the place of understanding his will for our life that we can start then into our will for our life. The Bible says when you pray or ask anything in the name of Jesus, the Father will give it to you. But when we ask in the name of Jesus, it's actually carrying His intent for our life. When we ask according to God's purpose for our life in His name, like it has to represent Him. That's why His name is important. He's not going to attach His name to something other than Him. But when your life starts to look like His and you're saying, God, I want to look like you, that's when you get His name. And that's when you can ask for whatever you want and the Father will give you. But God needs your participation in His promises for your life. But your participation is not to take up your own cause. It's to follow His lead. And so if you read further on in the story, Joshua chapter 6, you would understand then that God gives them instruction. Jesus gives instruction to Israel and says, you're going to march around this city once a day for six days. Tough guys, right? That's the right, like, what if God gave you an answer that looked nothing like you expected? Are you still willing to follow? Are you still willing to, are you, are you willing to go low even at the, at the threat of humiliation when everybody else thinks you're stupid, when everybody else thinks you're making a poor decision, but you're saying, it doesn't matter, I've just chosen to go low. So he tells them to walk around this city. Can you imagine how like disgraceful that would have looked? Walk around this city once for six days. And on the seventh day, walk around it six times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout. I want the horns to go first. And you're going to lift up a shout of praise and the walls are going to come down. So lo and behold, this crazy plan, because God gave it, it worked. Because the commander of the armies of the Lord, he like had his own military going on. 
Like God is fighting in ways that you cannot see nor understand in your life. He sees things from a different realm and a different perspective. All we can see is this. All we can see is what's in front of us. God can see in front of us, behind us, beside us, above us. He can see things that we cannot see. My son is this tall and I'm this tall. I can see things that he can't see. So if he knows what's good for him, he's going to come to me and sit on my lap and climb up as he does so he can see things from my perspective. And this is what the Lord is asking us to do. Come as children to him so that we can find rest in him. I think we understand in this world what it means to have rest, right? We take a break. We stop the work. We have a weekend or we go on a holiday, right? We know what it means to have rest from the work. But Jesus actually called us to work. And he also says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. And then he says this crazy thing. Take my yoke upon you for it's easy and it's light. Well, yoke is actually a tool of work. Come to me if you're tired and we're going to do work. my yoke is easy my work is easy and it's light and so what the Lord is actually teaching us he's saying move forward keep going keep moving but I'm going to show you to have rest in the work not just from the work and when I get low and on my knees and allow my father to carry me he'll take me places that I could never go on my own he wants us to be a people of rest and if you're going to fight for something you need to fight from something Meaning this, if you're going to fight for peace in your life, you need to fight from peace in your life. So funny, I, me and my wife, I'll like stand on this high hill and be like, I just want peace in my home. Right? I'm yelling, I just want peace in my home. I just want you to do what's right so that we can have peace in my home. But I don't deserve for a second to have peace in my home unless I'm coming from a place of peace. I'm demanding something that I'm actually not bringing to the table. And so if we want the promises of God, we want to fight for the promises of God, we have to fight from the promises of God. Meaning that if you want the promise of God out there, you have to find the promise of God in here. And the promise of God in here is rest. The promise of God in here is peace. If we want to fight for something, we have to fight from something. And so the biggest fight that we're ever going to have in our life is not for your future. It's not for provision. It's not for the things that you think it is, for publicity or opportunity or, or, or whatever it is. The biggest fight in our life will be a fight to follow Jesus, to lay down our sword and our cause and pick up his. Come to me like a child, and those are the ones that can participate in what I'm doing. But if we are our own leader and we are our own God and we are our own Lord, then there's no room for another one. So before we close, I want to remind you of a guy named Peter. Actually, first, I'm going to remind you of two ladies, Mary and Martha. Right? They have Jesus over at the house. One of them is in the kitchen working making food, preparing, and one of them is at the feet of Jesus. And the one preparing is so caught up in it, she's like, why are you not with me helping? Jesus, can't you tell that woman at your feet to come help me? Because I'm doing the important work. I'm busy. 
I'm preparing things for you. I'm doing things for you, God. I'm doing things for you, Jesus. Can't you honor that and send me more help? And Jesus says, no. That's actually not what I'm doing right now. Nobody needs the food that you're preparing. But this woman has chosen the good portion. And she's going to sit at my feet and she's going to take me in and she's going to learn how to rest. And she's going to behold me and she's going to love me and she's going to be with me. There's going to be work for us to do. Don't worry, type A's. There's going to be work. There's things to do. Right? But God wants us to do work from a place of rest. And it's, just, it's not even a profound message. I just think the Lord wants you to hear this today. That we have to come like children, dependent on our Father, because there's so much stress out there that we're allowing to just overtake our lives. And I'm speaking to myself here. Like, I'm building a church. But I'm not building a church. Because Jesus is building the church. But if I wake up in the day and don't sit at His feet, it turns into me building the church. And that's the fight of my life. Who's building what your hands are operating in right now? Is it you or is it God? And so we got this guy named Peter. Peter's with Jesus. And Jesus is uh, in the garden right before he's about to be crucified, arrested first and then crucified. And um, he says these words. He says, like, who, who am I? Am I some rebel that you come to me with all these swords? Like, what have I done? Like, this, like, you don't have to come at me this way. But then he says this. He says, but actually, this is to fulfill all these prophecies that have spoken. In other words, I'm in the perfect will of God right now. I'm exactly where I need to be. It looks like my life is going to be taken from me in just a moment. I've submitted that to God, but this is exactly where I need to be. God knew exactly what he was doing. And he got this guy named Peter who's with Jesus. His position is right. He's right with Jesus, right where he's at, right what he's doing, right there. And he takes his sword out and he slashes this guy's ear off. He's like, Jesus, you don't know what you're doing. Why aren't you fighting? I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to take up my sword because it looks like you're not doing anything in my life right now. Looks like you're not doing what I think you should be doing, which is saving your own life. Have you been there before? God, it doesn't look like anything's happening. I must need to do something on my own. Right? I'm going to get real practical in this moment. What about debt? What about finances? It's so easy in this day and age to take provision into our own hands. But it looks like debt. It's a false substitute for provision. What God is saying, I actually can't operate in the way that I need to in your life because you're leaning on debt more than you're leaning on me. You're leaning on the bank. You're leaning on your credit cards more than you're leaning on me. This becomes very practical in our lives, doesn't it? How can God bust through your life if you're so willing to give yourself up to getting provided by a bank other than God? I'm not saying that a mortgage isn't something that you shouldn't step into in your life, but I'm saying it can't substitute what God wants to do in your life. And we're so easy to take a false substitute so that we won't have to worry about the pain that's right in front of us. The stress of saying, God, I need you to come through and learning that he is a good father and he knows all your needs before you ask them. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. And so Peter takes up his sword and chops the ear of this dude off. He's taken up the cause of Christ. And Christ is nowhere to be found in that cause. You need to think about what that is in your own life right now. 
then Jesus gets on the ground and picks up this ear and places it on this man and heals his face. Heals it. And it's beautiful because this man, I forget his actual name, but his name means king. And Jesus is like the king is healing and serving another king. So beautiful. And I think sometimes our life just looks like that. We just keep on taking out swords and God has to follow behind us and pick up our messes and heal them. Sometimes that's really humiliating. Sometimes it really sucks. But I think we need to let those moments hit us. Like, wow, I made a big mistake by taking things into my own hands. I just saw Jesus cover me. I just saw Jesus heal me. I just saw Jesus take care of me. But I need to learn to not take things into my own hands and actually find rest in Him because if He's okay, I'm okay. If He's not stressed out, I don't need to be stressed out. If He's not worried, I don't need to be worried. If it looks like He needs to go to the cross, I trust Him. So what is the Lord doing in your life today? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So let's just take a moment to respond before we go. Just bow your heads for a moment. The band can come back up. How much stress you got in your life? What is a life of peace? Imagine what a life of peace would look like for you. Where there might be chaos going all around you, but because Jesus is in the middle with you, you have ultimate peace. And he's saying, stop looking at the mess and look at me. And that's going to redefine your mess. desperately wants to give you rest today and for the rest of your life God wants to move in you and lift and carry and support his promise in your life in a way that you don't have to it says in Philippians that he who began a good work in you will carry that work out to completion he began it he's carrying it he's sustaining it and he will finish it but it requires your participation it's his promise to fulfill in your life not yours right now it looks like you're trying to fulfill the promise of God in your own life so let's take an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and then when he wants to lift you up he can thanks for listening to the Church Untitled podcast be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on our latest messages for more about what's happening in our community follow us on social media or visit us at churchuntitled.com.